0: I'm R.J. And I'm Ray. And welcome to the first 2020 episode of Cedar Country. Now, you might be thinking it's not, but it is. I'm just really bad at editing things in a decent time frame. So all the episodes prior to this one were recorded in 2019.
1: (laughs) We've also been, we're also pretty bad at uh, keeping a consistent schedule on uh, when we actually record things. So Sometimes.
0: uh... It's just been tough with the holidays, my car dying, and this and that, and whatever. But anyways, so today we're doing our first. Uh, what did what were we gonna call them? Looking at looking at a look looks at a legend or looking at a legend. No, as... I don't think that's what we called it. But uh, I don't know. Take I, we could call it. I don't know. We don't have to have a name for it. But like taking a look at a country icon. Basically looking, talking, having an episode dedicated to a specific artist. And so for our first one, uh, Ray decided that we were going to be looking at the name that has become synonymous with breakfast. Mr. Jimmy Jimmy Dean. Dean. So uh, nowadays he's mostly known by people for his breakfast sandwiches, Jimmy Dean brand breakfast sandwiches. I was actually going to buy us some to eat while we were recording or before recording. But I forgot. Oh, you should have told me. I totally would have bought us some. No, that's all right. It was going to be a surprise. Oh, wow. Just, just think. I, this, just, just, just let you know that like that was like the idea. So, anyways, despite being a uh, breakfast food salesperson, salesman, uh, he actually is also obviously a country music artist. Was a country music artist. So. I was going to ask where to begin, but I guess because this is kind of a biography episode, that we should uh, begin at the beginning. So That's a pretty good place to start. Usually a good place to start. So, like usual, I'm just using Wikipedia for this. Um, So, uh, there might be information here that's incorrect. I'd like to, at some point, be at a point where our research is more thorough before recording, but at this point, with how busy our schedules are, it's kind of off-the-cuff stuff so this is going to be kind of an off-the-cuff episode but it's focused around jimmy dean and i did have because we discussed this for we discussed uh like a week or so ago about doing this as the f- the first whatever um so <laughs> I've, I've been ruminating about it a little bit
1: this is kind of like a um scene if uh well we're definitely gonna do more of these but this is figure sort of out a- figuring
0: out how to do it yeah yeah so, all right, Jimmy Dean was born in Plainview in Hale County in West Texas in 1928, which is only six years, I think, after country music officially was born. So what you're Maybe telling seven me- seven years.
1: So what you're telling me is he was one of the originals.
0: That, no, that's when he was born. Oh, that's he was, when he was born. He was an oh, infant. Oh, He is the son of George Otto Dean and Ruth Taylor- uh, Ruth taught Jimmy how to play piano at a young age, and uh, it says he attributed his interest in music to the South Ward Baptist Church, dropped out of high school and uh, served in the U.S. Air Force in the late 40s and afterward became a professional entertainer, which is when we get to, you know, him in the industry. Um, Also, he was just starting his show business and got married to his first wife, Mary Sue, in 1950. So, jump to 1953, and Jimmy Dean's first hit, Bumming Around, which was on the four-star label. uh, Afterwards, he was signed to Columbia Records, which is one of the big record labels of the time. Um I think it's still I
1: think they're still around, if I remember correctly right
0: yeah, because it's yep, that's what I thought, just like the film company, Columbia is a subsidiary of Sony, so the Sony Music Entertainment label is the current version of Columbia Records. it was absorbed by Sony, so it's oh. technically still around. He had some crossover or he had some minor pop hits, it says like Little Sandy Slayfoot which is apparently a Christmas novelty song and Sing Along which was used as a TV- the theme for the TV show Sing Along with Mitch who uh which refers to Mitch Miller who is a chorus leader. Hmm. And then uh Jimmy Dean is also known for being involved in television and yeah. actually film as well. Yes. So in 1954 He became the host for the Washington, D.C. show Town and Country Time. Oh, sorry. This is a radio program. He was first a radio host. Uh, I was going to say,
1: I I thought that, yeah, I I didn't think that TV was around back then.
0: In the 50s?
1: Not yet, right? It wasn't popularized until like the 60s. Popularized
0: was the 50s. Yeah. Television, I believe. We're going to do a quick little detour. There, we, there it is. Introduced in the late 1920s in mechanical form. Oh. And it was, yep, in the 50s, about late 40s, early 50s, because television sets became a popular consumer product after World War II in electronic form, using cathode ray tube CRT technology. Actually, color was introduced in 1953, so, but anyways, back to Jimmy Dean, once I can get back here. Hey, nope. So, same year, Or, sorry, the year after, 1954, he hosted the Washington, D.C. popular radio program called Town & Country Time, which is on W-A-R-L-A-M. And it says, quote, with his Texas Wildcats became popular in the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, Also, Patsy Cline and Roy Clark got their starts on the show. Interesting. I didn't notice. It says that um, Patsy Cline and Jimmy Dean became good friends. However, Roy Clark who was Jimmy Dean's lead guitarist, was fired by Jimmy for what was explained as, quote, his chronic tardiness. And Clark was replaced with Billy Grammer. Continued into 55, 57 on Saturdays, which started, that, that then it moved to television. So I knew it was a television thing. He also hosted in 1957, while living in Arlington, Virginia, the country style on WTOP-TV. So another television program that he was on. And then CBS picked up the show nationally from Washington for eight months in 1957 under the name The Morning Show. Then from September 14th, 1958 to June 1959, CBS carried a television show on weekday and Saturday afternoons titled The Jimmy Dean Show.
1: Having your own titled show—that's
0: yeah, it's that's pretty big. Are you familiar with the Jimmy Dean show?
1: I am not familiar with the Jimmy Dean.
0: A lot show. of people today are not. However, the Jimmy Dean show was important for another prominent entertainer, yeah. Other than Jimmy Dean himself, so we're gonna. I want to talk about the Jimmy Dean show. I know it's not exactly country music. It it is because there were a lot of country acts on there, well,
1: it's um, kind and of he's saying songs too.
0: on it. Yeah, I mean it's part of it's. Focus on the person. So, yeah. So, it started as a local show, I think, and then became a national show when it was picked up by CBS. So, guests include, and this is where you can see where it definitely still ties into country, Chet Atkins, Jay Chevalier, Billy Walker, Little Jimmy Dickens, George Hamilton IV, and the Country Lads. And then Mary Click was a regular on the show. It started as a daytime show and then was moved to primetime from June 22nd to September 14, 1957, where guests included Johnny Cash, Jim Reeves, and the Andrews Sisters. Oh, dude! So a lot of prominent names in the music industry. Interestingly, so there were 86 episodes produced at ABC for the show, and of those, 10 of the shows were made on the road. Four of them were actually filmed at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which uh, is important to country music. The Ryman is the, uh, the mother church of country music and kind of the sister location, the winter location. It's where they are. So, like, this time of year right now, we're in January when we're recording this, I believe is actually towards the end, I think, when they're... I don't know. I don't remember exactly. But the Ryman is actually where the Grand Ole Opry shows are during the winter. They move them to the Ryman... Um, I think so. They can do any renovations they need to on the Opry House and all that. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So the the Ryman is very important. It's I mean it's also just like another big venue in country music. So other country performers that show that were on the show as guests uh, were George Jones, Buck Owens, Roy Clark again, um, and pop artists like the Everly Brothers and Gene Pitney. There were comics like Jackie Mason, Don Adams, Dick Shawn. Also, the Jimmy Dean Show hosted the first television appearance of Hank Williams Jr. at the age of 14, singing songs associated with his father, Hank Williams Sr. That's really neat. hmm So, interesting thing that I'm reading here. So, I'm probably going to pronounce these names wrong. Papayat and Aylesworth. A Canadian duo who wrote for The Jimmy Dean Show noted that while it had a country music star and rural comedy was extremely popular in the 1960s when the show aired, the show itself had quite little rural humor. So, in 1969, they created another TV show as a way to cater to the rural audience, bringing on of Dean's most frequent guests as host. Do you happen to know? Can you guess what the show was that they created? Which we'll probably talk about at some point
1: you said it's a Canadian show, right?
0: Uh, It's a Canadian duo made the show. I don't know if the show was Canadian itself or not. I don't have any idea. Have you ever heard of a little TV show called Hee Haw? No. What? Wow. Okay, no. yeah, Hee Haw. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Hee Haw is a very famous comedy show that is, has strong ties to country music. There's Hee Haw merchandise at the Opry like i i when i was at when i went to nashville and visited the grand ole opry by visited i mean i saw the outside and went to the gift shop but when i was in the gift shop they had Haw merchandise i actually saw a clip on on facebook i shared a while ago and my aunt commented about it that my grandpa really loved that show which means a lot to me i've only seen small parts of the show but it's i know how like it's a very well-known show for country music artists and fans
1: you know who I bet you knows that show really well? Who? Probably my father-in-law. Probably. Sounds like something
0: you watch. So, actually, two of Jimmy Dean's most frequent guests were hosts for Hee Haw, Buck Owens, and Roy Clark. Apparently, season one was incredibly difficult to remaster. I don't know what exactly why. It doesn't say much about that. So, in 2017, season one was finally released on DVD after getting remastered. It also is now... I don't know... How up to date Wikipedia is on this, the but it says that the show has begun broadcast on RFD TV starting on January first of twenty seventeen, so playing in syndication to this day as far as I can tell, which I mean I wouldn't be surprised there's eighty some up ep- eighty six episodes, so uh all right, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you five guesses, we're gonna play a little game. I'm gonna okay. give you. I'm gonna give you five guesses as to who slash what in entertainment Jimmy Dean made nationally known and popularized on his show. And to help you out, it is not a country music act. Five guesses as is to it
1: like like the variety show sort of thing.
0: Nope. No. Nope. This is uh this is an act an that he, act. an act that he popularized. So I won't count that one as one of your guesses because I should have, I should have narrowed it down for you a little bit more. It's an act.
1: Are we talking like
0: comedy or definitely comedy? Definitely comedy. Definitely comedy. I'm gonna be surprised since you aren't familiar with the show, if you get this.
1: I. I don't even know where to start. Is it like... Um, it's
0: the 1960s.
1: Like the short... Is it like the sort of night show sort of thing?
0: Like... Nope. No? Nope. Although, in a way, this act would eventually appear on a night show for a very, very brief time because it's very infamous for its time on the show. Skits? Um this act is known for skits, yes.
1: Is it Abbott and Costello?
0: It is not. Abbott and Costello, it is definitely not. Abbott and Costello were from popular in twenties. Mm. So you're forty years too late on that. <laughs> so that's two guesses. think um. about anyway, it's the mid sixties, something that he made nationally known and popularized. Or, like, helped make National Unpopularize. So, so think, like, into the next decade, what popular acts, comedy acts.
1: Cheech and Chong. Nope. No?
0: Nope. Ah. Two more
1: guesses. 70s humor. 70s humor. Mm-hmm. I got nothing.
0: You have two more guesses. That's You're killing me. It's not difficult. You're killing me. I promise you. Um, I. Come on, two more guesses. No, it's not that. It's not that difficult. Just give me two things, two acts that were popular in the '70s. We're gonna be sitting here all night. All right, you know what? Fine, we'll we'll just stop with three guesses. Those were three guesses that you gave me out of five. The Muppets. What? The Muppets. Yes. Seriously? For real. Ah oh. so uh one of Jimmy's co-hosts slash regulars on the show was Ralph the Dog, who is the first was the first nationally known Muppet. Um while he wasn't the first Muppet, and Kermit predates Ralph the Dog. Um most people outside of Washington, DC would not have known the Muppets prior to the 1960s with the Jimmy Dean show and the Ed Sullivan show, because the Ed Sullivan show brought on a lot of their uh, wackier variety skits that, that were redone from the original broadcastings that they were involved with. So to quote, to read the Wikipedia article. <clears throat> so the show introduced Ralph the dog as Muppet sidekick who often performed duets with Dean. Uh, Introduced each time as Dean's, quote, old buddy, unquote, Ralph was Jim Henson's first Muppet to score a regular spot on a network television show and appeared in 85 of the 86 episodes. The only one that he did not appear in was the first episode. So Don Salen maintained the puppet. Jerry Jewell assisted in writing the sketches and even assisted Jim Henson and Jimmy Dean on occasion. So performing the Muppet, Ralph... Uh, the right arm was operated by Frank Oz, and was later operated by Jerry Nelson. So, and actually, so this is interesting. So, Henson was v- incredibly grateful for the exposure that Jimmy Dean gave his, his him and his Muppets, and he offered Jimmy Dean to take a forty percent stake in the Muppets. And holy D-
1: cow, dude, that would have
0: been yeah, but Jimmy Dean refused. Later being quoted as saying, I didn't do anything to earn that. Because, from my understanding, I think he believed that Jim Henson's Muppets would have found their way to stardom with or without Jimmy Dean. Which is, I mean, that's a very kind thing of him to Good say. Guy, what a- Jimmy Dean. Yeah, for sure. But it's, yeah, because the Muppets were also, also became known around the same time through the Ed Sullivan show. But they got their start doing, like, Wilkins coffee commercials and appearing on a local Washington, D.C. TV show. You can find a lot of the old skits on YouTube, but a lot of them are also, like, missing. So, in fact, the show was called Sam and Friends, and that was where Kermit first appeared. Although, interestingly, Sam only, Sam himself, the, the puppet Sam only, appears in one of the episodes that still remains. A lot of them were lost because... Tapes used to be get like erased and recorded over for for the broadcasting companies like when when they broadcast they yeah. use tapes yeah. and they- dele- they had to erase some of them, so they're like lost to time um, kind of a shame yeah, so interestingly, speaking of the Muppets on the Ed Sullivan show, there was an episode that aired october eight nineteen sixty seven uh which I believe was after the end of the Jimmy Dean show. Where Jimmy Dean and Ralph were reunited one final time where they performed friendship while doing the herd of cows gag from I believe I believe that's a uh, skit that was originally on the Jimmy Dean show so yeah basically it was a it was one of the earlier you know variety shows with a host it ran from 1963 to 1966 originally on ABC. Interestingly, so I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, side thing, I'm curious, like, if Disney still owns the rights to, because it's broadcasting, well, they, uh, no, I know that, if they own the rights to the show, because it was broadcast on ABC, or who owns the rights to, uh, home media or broadcast rights, because those can be two different things, because of Ralph being on the show, and also because it originally aired on ABC, which is owned by Disney, but I don't know it's that's not anything that i that's that's something more for my other upcoming project uh days which i'll plug right here disney. called da- yeah, days of disney. I was going to start as a youtube series thing, but aud- editing audio is way easier. Yeah. Anyways, back to Jimmy Dean in 1961, so this is actually prior to the Jimmy Dean show and probably what helped get him boosted to start enough star power to have his show. He released what is his likely his best-known song, which is... Big John. Yep, Big Bad John. It went to number one on the Billboard Pop chart and inspired many imitations and parodies. So it was, a, it was a crossover hit on country and pop music charts. It sold over a million copies and was awarded a gold disc. It hit number two in the UK Singles chart. He won a Grammy for Best Country and Western Recording in 1962 for the song. And he had several more Top 40 songs, including a Top 10 in 1962 with PT-109, a song in honor of President JFK's bravery in World War II,
1: which hey, we actually
0: then, just listened to. Yeah. We listened to a couple of songs before.
1: And uh, if you listen to it, he has an Easter egg in there from his uh, <laughs> yeah. song, Big John. it was uh, It was kind of... It was kind of cool
0: i it was unexpected well, I guess we'll talk about that because i'll i I'll, I'll, I'll highlight some of his like hit songs here later, so in the early sixties, he on occasion actually hosted the Tonight Show, which is still running. Yeah. Um, he was the first guest host during Johnny Carson's tenure, and one night introduced Roy Clark. Who he had remained friendly despite firing him from one of his earlier shows that he hosted. He also, Jimmy Dean was also one of the artists that helped bring country music into the mainstream in the mid 60s with the Jimmy Dean show. So that was, it was, that show was very important in bringing country music more into the mainstream than it had been prior to the 60s. Because if you think about it, if you know the history of music, prior to the 1960s and the 1950s. The 1950s, there was kind of a wane, I think, at the end of the 50s into the 60s, a little bit, because the 50s really hit big with country, but country also kind of got mixed with rockabilly because you had artists like uh, Elvis Presley and Buddy Holly that were kind of blending country and rock into the rockabilly kind of sound buddy holly not as much but yeah so in the in the 60s he helped like revitalize the public's interest in country music which i think is very interesting because i don't think it's really ever gone away but it also is i don't think country music is as has ever gotten as big well it has But the 60s was definitely one of the times when it got really big. And that's all, it's a lot to do with the Nashville sound, I think it is. It's either the Nashville sound or the Bakersfield sound. But yeah, so as I mentioned, I I mean, I'm going to re mention some of the guests he had on the show. But this is his show, his show had country music guests, a lot of country music guests, including Roger Miller, uh, like I said, George Jones, also Charlie Rich, like I said, Buck Owens um I also had some lesser known artists like Joe Maphis, who seldom had network exposure according to wikipedia oh and to reiterate on the thing with the the, the with the muppets like yeah. offering him the 40% stake um he made it clear for the rest of his life that he did not regret not taking that 40% stake so then he started appearing on a lot of other variety programs and after his TV series ended he turned to acting he was on 14 episodes of Daniel Boone Ooh. in in three different roles
1: hey, have you ever seen Daniel Boone
0: i've hold on let me let me see cuz picture might uh, wow i've definitely heard of it i don't know if i've ever seen it i think i've seen clips of it i've seen a couple episodes of it it's really it looks very much like a western from the 60s and <laughs> that's every what that was like the american western was so popular in the 60s and the 50s
1: it was it's super campy but yeah i love it it it's a good show it's a it's
0: i mean it probably didn't show. feel seem campy at the time because this is a whole thing i watched a video on youtube about like specifically on blazing saddles and why blazing saddles killed westerns as we knew them prior to Blazing Saddles that's why like every it was it's interesting there's a if you're interested I'll send you a link to the video if I can find it I've never seen Blazing Saddles you've never seen Blazing Saddles wow Blazing Saddles is such a good movie it's a uh, Mel Brooks film uh he appeared as a character Charlie Rollins in two Fantasy Island episodes. Uh, a semi-regular role as Charlie Bullets on J.J. Starbuck. But his most famous role was on the big screen. He played a Howard Hughes-esque character. It was actually inspired by Howard Hughes. A, quote, reclusive Las Vegas billionaire named Willard White. Is the name ring a bell? I wouldn't, I, would, I, would say I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. But it was in a little franchise, a little film franchise called James Bond, 007.
1: What?
0: Yep, so uh, I don't know if it I don't know, I don't think, it doesn't say Bond villain, so I guess he wasn't a villain, but he was in a Bond. the Bond film. It was in the film Diamonds Are Forever. He's in there as a character named Willard White. So that's played by Jimmy Dean. This is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms & Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Prydea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. While while he was acting in the mid-60s and hosting his TV show, he also still remained very popular on the charts, and we'll talk about the songs more specifically here in a second when I get to that. In January 1978, he hosted an all-star tribute to Elvis Presley titled Nashville Remembers Elvis on His Birthday. He apparently was very good friends with Elvis and reminisced about his friendship with the singer and per- i mean
1: i can see it they, yeah they've ran around in the same circles oh yeah
0: and he on on the program he performed his hit big bad john and also peace in the valley which great song love that song so uh 1969 bringing it back to where we started this episode he founded the jimmy dean sausage company and so i think it really helped that he was well known to uh, make his sandwiches, well, no, well, I guess I don't know if it. It's a sausage company, so I don't know if it started as breakfast no, sandwiches.
1: I just started as sausage,
0: but I know they definitely because I've been on my YouTube ads. I'll get Jimmy Dean sandwich ads,
1: and then you'll hear the you'll hear the opening stuff for, uh, for one of uh, for another one of his songs. Uh, yep, Cajun Queen.
0: Yep, because that one, the one that one we. S- don't, yeah, don't, when that started don't. playing, because that was one of the ones I listened to before we recorded. When it started playing, I was like, "This is the music that they use for the Jimmy Dean commercials." They're using, they're playing right now on YouTube.
1: So, question: Yeah, what do you think he made, Where do you think he made more money, in his media producing career or in making
0: sausage? Let's, let's actually split that up. I, I don't think the outcome is going to be different from my response, but I like the idea of pivoting it as his acting and television his television and film career his music career and his sandwich business sausage it's not just sandwich, Sa- sausage business. Biz- sausage and his breakfast, breakfast sandwich, his, his sandwich his business breakfast
1: business
0: i'm going to say the jimmy dean sausage one that's my guess
1: i have a feeling there too it makes
0: it, it definitely makes sense cuz especially um i'm as i've mentioned before i'm in a music business program so i understand like how difficult it is to make good money i mean obviously he's very well he was a very well known artist partly in part of him having those sausages and sandwiches and hosting tv shows and being in films and tv made him a household name so that definitely helped sell his music more but music sales are definitely not great so i would definitely expect selling a good would make you a lot of money especially something that's still around today and is kind of the go-to breakfast sandwich in grocery aisles, at least around here.
1: I can't think of any other ones. Like, um, like when you think of breakfast sausage, you think of you think of either uh, Eckridge or you think of
0: Jimmy Dean. I mean, there's 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 others. I none 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 come to mind right away. But I can see there's like a logo I can kind of see. Unless I'm just getting that confused with Jimmy John's, I don't know. <laughs> Um, apparently the, it was, the, um, in 1984, Jimmy Dean sausage chumpy was bought out by Sarah Lee corporation and Jimmy remained as the spokesperson. However, they kind of pushed him out of management. So, well, phasing him out of management duties. And apparently in 2004, they dropped him as the spokesperson because he was quote too old. Oh. Hey. And he... That's rude, dude. And, yeah, and uh, later that same year, he revealed that he had sold all but one of his shares in the stock. And here, here it is, what we were just talking about. In 2018, several years after his death, the Sausage Company began re-airing some classic commercials featuring the voice of Dean, introducing himself and praising the product. I don't know if he had any bad blood with the company uh, in He his doesn't later years. seem
1: like the kind of guy... I
0: could... No, I just think he... I don't I don't know. It's really hard to tell with that, at least from the information that it's uh, giving us. Um in his later life he lived in New Jersey, which is interesting. I don't you don't hear a lot of country artists living outside of Nashville or Texas or basically anywhere north of Virginia, West Virginia, lower the Mason Dixon? Like yeah. Around the Mason Dixon. Around the Mason yeah. Dixon line, yeah. You don't hear many country artists residing north of there other than like Kid Rock, who's hardly country
1: i i yeah i wouldn't classify him as anything he is but he isn't no
0: it's listen Mm -mm. he's it's like country rock it's southern rock it's and southern rock is like a branch a connective branch between rock and country what's
1: i know there's another guy who lives around in michigan uncle cracker no ted uh ted something
0: is it the guy that's got his last name starts with the T and it's like got a W in it? It's like really weird. Like, I might be thinking of somebody else. Is actually like a maybe it's more. Maybe
1: it's Bill. I don't know. Oh, we, I mean, we
0: kind of covered before the like famous country artists yeah. from Michigan and co- yeah, co- but, people in country but music. That's,
1: that's not what we're talking about. and...
0: That isn't what you're yeah. talking about. Not somebody in the country no, we music shouldn't, industry. We shouldn't
1: go off on a tangent.
0: There. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were talking about somebody in the country music no. industry. Okay. I, I was. Oh, you were.
1: I can't remember his name. Oh,
0: we can. We can after we're done go back and figure that out. So he prior to that he lived in Virginia, and he released an autobiography in 2004. So even later than him selling the shares or announcing he sold shares and no longer being the spokesperson, Uh, which this autobiography has got a great name. It's called 30 years of sausage, 50 years of ham. Uh, And this, he, and at, by that time he had semi-retired with his second wife and who was a singer, songwriter and recording artist who he married in 1991, who helped him write his book. So he, despite dropping out of high school to work and help his mother, He donated $1 million to Wayland Baptist University in Plainview, his hometown, which was the largest gift ever from one individual to that institution. He was quoted as saying, I've been so blessed and it makes me proud to give back, especially to my hometown. February 23, 2010, he was nominated into the Country Music Hall of Fame and was scheduled to be inducted in October 2010. However, he passed away prior to the induction ceremony. He had three children, Gary, Connie, and Robert, with his first wife, Mary Sue. And he has two granddaughters, Caroline Taylor, Brianna Dean. Uh, As I mentioned, he passed away in 2010 at the age of 81, June 13, 2010, at his home in Verena, Virginia, which makes me want to go back. and. Oh, okay. In the 80s, he resided in New Jersey. So he, he moved to New Jersey and moved back to Virginia. Apparently, his passing came as a surprise. His wife, Donna, said that he was eating in front of the television. She left the room for a time and came back, and he was unresponsive. His estate was estimated to be worth over $50 million. He was entombed in a nine-foot-tall, piano-shaped mausoleum overlooking the James River on the grounds of his estate. His, how fitting. His epitaph reads, Here lies one hell of a man, which is a, which is a paraphrased lyric from the uncensored version of his song Big Bad John. And then in 2014, the Jimmy Dean Museum opened up. The groundbreaking was held on June 24th. Oh, sorry. It opened up in 2016 on the grounds of Wayland Baptist University, where he made the donation in his hometown of Plainview. His widow, Donna, was present for the ceremony. It has much of his memorabilia, as well as a larger-than-life-size bronze created by Richmond sculptor Paul De Pascal pardon if I pronounce the name incorrectly. and funded by Hillshire Brands, owner of the Jimmy Dean Sausage brand. It was funded by a gift from the Dean Family Foundation. I'd Uh, love to go
1: there someday.
0: So, before we get into his music real quick, yeah, I would too, that would be really cool. So, as mentioned, his biggest song was Big Bad John, Mm -hmm. which was turned into a film in 1990... Directed by Burt Kennedy, starring Ned Beatty and Jimmy Dean. Doug English played the character Big Bad John Tyler. So let's see. Ooh. Okay, we're going to have to... I'm going to have to hop out of Wikipedia real quick and hop over to IMDB. See if what they have to say... Not Big Bag.
1: Big Bag John.
0: Big Bad John. Here we go. Let's see what it says. Jimmy Dean's popular... This is written by John Sacksteeder. Sorry if I pronounced wrong. This, this is the name wrong. This is the only plot given on IMDb for the film. Jimmy Dean's popular song, released in 1961, is translated into a feature-length movie about a young couple who elopes to escape the girl's evil stepfather. Hmm. Interesting. So, I wonder who he played... So his leading role in the film was his last theatrically released film. The only other one that at least Wikipedia cared to mention was Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, For television, again, he hosted The Jimmy Dean Show. He appeared on Daniel Boone a few times. The Ballad of Andy Crocker. A TV movie. Another TV movie, Rolling Man. Another TV movie, The City. Two episodes of Fantasy Island, as I mentioned before. Nine episodes of J.J. Starbuck. Oh, and he appeared on an episode of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> also in
1: 1990.
0: I know Murder, She Wrote. Also, there's a Swedish girl band called Troll who had a hit in 1989 with a song called Jimmy Dean. Let's see if that's about... It doesn't actually say if that's about him. So, I don't know what a... Let's see what tr- troll... First band is Troll Rock because they dress up as trolls on stage. Okay. That's kind of weird, but okay. All right. Anyways, so moving on, we'll we'll end this by going over highlights of Jimmy Dean's discography. Oh, boy. All right. So he released 42 different albums, although I believe some are compilation albums Holy- in his lifetime. Yep. Most of them were released uh, between 1957 and 1969. A decent chunk, uh, two, three, four, eight of them were released in ni- between 1970 and 1989, and six were released between 1994 and 2004. His first release was Jimmy Dean Sings His Television Favorites, released in 1957 on Mercury Records. His first album to hit number one on the U.S. country, and actually the first one to chart, apparently, was... His 1965 album, The First Thing Every Morning. His next charting album was his first Greatest Hits album, released in 1966, which reached number 22 on the Country Albums chart. Uh, Jimmy Dean is here, his next album, in also in 1966. He released a lot in 1966 and 67. Uh, Reached number 10. So the only album here in this time frame that has a link to its own wikipedia page everybody's favorite spelt with the british version favorite with the u in it released in 1967 which was a re-release of an album of the same name with the american spelling but it omitted two tracks his next charting album was his next album after that 1968's a thing called love he would reach the number 42 spot in 1970 with country boy and country girl which he released with Dottie west Number 41 on the charts in 1971 with Everybody Knows. Number 43 in 1971 with These Hands, which appears to have been his last charting album. None of his albums post-1989 charted. So none of his albums in the 90s, 2000s. Uh, Obviously, Jimmy Dean has a lot of singles because he, like, obviously... These are gonna, all going to be... All the artists that we're going to cover, at least at first, are going to be like the really big names of country music. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot. So we're just going to... I'll just go through some of the highlights. So his debut single, 1952, Bumming Around, I mentioned that earlier, hit number five on the US country charts and appeared on the album Favorites by Jimmy Dean. Uh, his next uh, single's... That I'm going to talk about actually were not on any albums, and they also did not chart on the U.S. country, but they did chart on uh, just the U.S. popular music charts. Uh, 1957, the songs "Deep Blue Sea," which reached, reached number 67, and "Little Sandy Slatefoot," which hit number 32. That was a Christmas novelty song. Both of those released in '57. Uh, A re-release of Bumming Around reached 106 on the Pop Charts, which was from the album of the same name in 1959. Then we get into the 1960s. 1961, his biggest hit, Big Bad John, which was from the album Big Bad John and Other Fabulous Songs and Tales. It reached number one on the U.S. country, U.S. popular music, the Billboard Hot 100, essentially, and then the U.S. adult contemporary, All of those reached number one, reached number two on the UK charts. Dear Ivan in 1961 reached number nine on the US country, 24 on US popular music, and number six on adult contemporary. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then uh, we get to the the sequel to Big Bad John, which, uh, a little fun fact, as I mentioned before, you and I listened to this song and PT-109 prior to recording this. I had never heard either. I'd actually, I I'd apologize, I have heard PT-109 actually several times. That's This is the first time other than the little bit that they use in the breakfast sandwich commercials like you mentioned. Yeah. This is the first time I actually listened through The Cajun Queen. I don't know, was that the, have you heard that one b- before? I've
1: heard that one oh,
0: okay. quite a few times. I did not know there was a sequel to Big Bad John called The Cajun Queen.
1: Yeah. Um, my father-in-law is really big into country music too. Listens to it. Oh yeah, and he didn't know that there was a second part to it too until I showed him.
0: That's crazy. So, like it's insane. I yeah. I don't. It it's. I mean, it reached it reached number sixteen on the country music charts and twenty two on the popular music charts. And it was on the album Jimmy Dean's Greatest Hits. In uh, it was released in nineteen sixty two. So, but I'm surprised. I'm not going to go over where they charted unless. Uh, They got, they charted really high on the charts. Um, But some of his other notable singles are To a Sleeping Beauty, which was also from Big Bad John and other fabulous songs and tales. PT-109, which reached number three on the country charts, number eight on the pop charts, and number two on the adult contemporary charts from the album Portrait of Jimmy Dean. Steel Man, which did not chart on the country music charts, but charted on the pop charts. Little Black Book, uh, both of those also from Portrait of Jimmy Dean. Uh, another song that charted only on the American popular music charts called Gonna Raise a Ruckus Tonight. Reached on number 128 on the US pop charts, This Old House from Everybody's Favorite is the name of the album that's from. Number 35 on the country music chart, Mind Your Own Business, released in 1963, was a non album single. He released Shenandoah as a single. It didn't chart, but I really love that song, so I wanted to mention that. In 1965, he had a, another number one on the country music charts called The First Thing Every Morning and The Last Thing Every Night, which also reached number 91 on the popular music and number 19 on Adult Contemporary on the album The First Thing Every Morning. Uh, his next country music charting single was Stand Beside Me, which reached number 10. Sweet Misery was released in 1967 from the Jimmy Dean show. Oh, the previous song was from 1966 on Jimmy Dean is here. But yeah, Sweet Misery, 90 Days, I'm a Swinger. All those released in 1967, those last two were not from any albums. A Thing Called Love, which was the title track from his 1968, it appears, album. Mm -hmm. And Born to Be By Your Side is also from that album. His single, Hammer Nails, from Mr. Country Music. A Rose as a Rose as a Rose was released in 1969, also from the album A Thing Called Love. And then we get into the 1970s, uh, which his popularity was definitely primarily in the 1960s, mid to late 60s. But he still had some pretty good uh, radio airplay, I'm guessing, in the 70s, looking at these charts. Not fantastic. Most of the songs are... 50 and above for where they released on the U S country. And only one of them released on made it onto any other charts. So some of these country music charts, singles are everybody knows released in 1971, which was the title track to that album. 1972, the one you say good morning to from the same album, everybody knows, uh, your sweet love keeps me home or bound was a non album single released in 1973 his last song to be released that made the top 10 was IOU, released in 1976, which reached number nine on the country music charts. Uh, it's also the only song released post 1968 to hit any chart other than the U.S. country chart, at least of the charts they show. It reached number 35 in the U.S., number 47 on Adult Contemporary, 38 on Canadian country charts, 30 on the Canadian hit music charts, and Canadian Adult Contemporary reached number three. So it actually reached higher on Canadian Adult Contemporary than it did on the U.S. country. To a Sleeping Beauty, which was a re-recording that he did, also from the album IOU, which the previous single was from, charted on country music charts, and a re-release of IOU in 1977, charted to number 90. A re-recording of that single, IOU, in 1983, charted on the U.S. country. He had uh, a single with Dottie West released back in 1971 called "Slowly," which reached number 29 on the U.S. country. Uh, and then he was a featured artist on Chet Atkins' song "Chet's Tune" from, and the, the artist the the, art, the artist it says is some of Chet's friends is from 1967, which reached number 38 on the U.S. country. So that's been kind of a look at. The the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jimmy Dean, which if I've, if you've not, I would uh, highly recommend checking out. I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a Disney fan because I mentioned doing that podcast later. So I might talk about Jimmy Dean again on that when I get to talking about the Muppets at some point. But uh, being a fan of the Muppets and country music, I obviously had to go and check out these clips of Jimmy Dean and Rolf the dog on YouTube. And they're, they're really good. There's there's some very good stuff on there, it's a it's stuff. a little campy, but I mean Whoa. it's the 60s, everything Whoa. was campy. Dude, campiness is campiness is great. Campiness, it's is only kind of campy. It's like what you would expect from. It's basically it's like a mix between what you'd expect from a ta- from a variety show host and from the Muppets, like a nice blend. It's very it's very good. It's very 60s country, and I really enjoy it. Highly recommend checking those out. You can find clips of that over on YouTube. Highly recommend his music. Very good. Obviously, due to copyright things, we can't play any of it here. But uh, if I actually remember to do this, I'll compile a playlist for the episode. My plan, as I mentioned, the first episode way back when we recorded that, was to have a playlist of the music that we talked about on each episode as a playlist on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel? Yeah, Yeah, so Jimmy Dean, sandwich maker, uh, the guy that kind of helped make the Muppets nationally known and famous. TV host? Yeah, TV host, great country music artist, actor in a James Bond film, Mr. Jimmy Ray Dean.
1: Hey!
0: So this has been our first uh, Artist Portfolio episode. So I think next time we do one of these, honestly, I probably should have had you lead this one because you... You had said you would, and you kind of—it was your idea to do Jimmy Dean as the first one. Yeah. Well, so I should—I should, I should I'll get the next one. Well, we'll, we'll get the next for one, okay? sure. We'll we'll have you. You can uh you can uh, lead us on our next great artist adventure whenever we get around to Who do knows? that. I
1: have a, I have a feeling that, maybe next one, seen as seen as this one went pretty well, maybe next time. Uh, We'll do one. We'll do one on somebody like Johnny Cash,
0: or uh... I don't know if we want to tackle Johnny Cash until we can do it. Do it justice, and I. I feel like we got to learn how to do these before we get to someone like Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson or I don't know Dolly Parton. Yeah, Johnny Cash is kind of uh,
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of dark stuff there.
0: I mean, listen, like like I said, the show is family friendly in the sense that like it's it's meant to be educational so and i mean it's up to the listener's discretion and i probably for an episode like that would probably put a um viewer discretion advised listener yeah viewer discretion is advised kind of thing probably let people know for that like hey uh this episode deals with because there's there's other educational podcasts i've listened to that like cover some topics that aren't necessarily great for younger people but the show in general is okay for like people of all ages so the that are just like hey just a heads up um this episode we're talking about this which covers stuff like this so if you don't feel comfortable with your kids listening to that one then i'd probably just skip this episode or, or like not have them listen to this one so probably something like that so i'm totally fine with covering topics that are a little bit more blue or risque or dark but, and we'll, we'll get to those and we'll cross we'll cross those bridges when we get there but anyways thank you guys for tuning in again to this episode of Cedar Country I'm not even going to try and remember anymore what episode numbers they are because I don't want to take the time to find it every time or remember
1: and with that we're going to ride off into the sunset
0: but not before we say we've been Ray and RJ <laughs> and I guess now we'll ride off into the sunset. Big John. Big, big John, John. Big Bad John. That was big, big John big Bad John. Big Bad John. There we go. John, that's a good one. John. 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 John.